Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Thursday, December 1st. Coming up, the powerful role that lobbyists have played in legalizing sports betting across the country. Effectively, it just shows that the lobbyists have have a bit too much clout and, and they're able to you know dictate the terms. We'll hear from a journalist who looked into how that happened in Kansas. But first, some headlines. The threat of a rail strike eased yesterday, but it's still possible. KCUR's Frank Morris reports a rail stoppage would hit the Kansas City area hard. The Biden administration hashed out a tentative labor agreement with railroads and unions in September. It offered hefty pay hikes, but didn't require companies to offer paid sick time. One third of unions representing rail workers rejected the tentative agreement, teeing up a strike that could start next week. A strike would snarl grain and fertilizer shipping and directly affect hundreds of area Kansas City Southern and BNSF railroad workers. The U.S. House has voted to impose the tentative agreement and, in a separate vote, to require companies to offer seven paid sick days. The strike averting legislation faces a more tenuous path in the U.S. Senate. There are only a few Kansas City Council meetings left before the year ends. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal reports on what the council hopes to accomplish. December is usually a productive month for city council. Last year, council passed a law guaranteeing attorneys to all tenants in eviction court. Priorities this year are housing, regulating short-term rentals, and reforming tax incentives. Councilwoman Rihanna Park Shaw will introduce legislation to get federal COVID money to small businesses. You know, it's been a priority of mine to work with our biz care office to create the infrastructure so that we can make money available and affordable to our small businesses. In January, City Council will turn its attention to next year's budget. The Kansas Health Institute estimates more than 250,000 Kansans were uninsured last year. Health officials say people may fall into a coverage gap because the state hasn't expanded Medicaid. Leandra Hancock works for the Community Health Center of Kansas in Allen County. She's worked with families who can't afford private insurance. It sometimes comes down to, do I feed my family? Do I pay rent? Do I pay electricity? Or do I get my child's medication? I mean, insurance impacts all that. The Kansas Health Institute receives funding from the Kansas Health Foundation, which also funds KCUR's Kansas News Service. Lobbyists have played a big role in legalizing sports betting across the U.S., and Kansas is no exception. A recent New York Times story looked at how lawmakers in Kansas accommodated lobbyists and even dramatically cut the state's share of gambling companies' sports betting revenue from 20 percent to 10 percent. Times reporter Eric Lipton told KCUR's Steve Kraske that in September and October, Kansas placed $350 million in bets, and the state collected only $271,000 in taxes. Here's part of their conversation. How can it be, you know, that Kansans could place $350 million in bets in September and October and the state only walk away with $271,000 in taxes? I mean, that just seems crazy. In simple terms, 
How does something like that happen? There's a couple of things that are happening. And the single biggest one of them, in fact, is that there's a small provision included in the sports betting law that was very little discussion about, but that allows the sports betting companies, like particularly um, FanDuel and DraftKings, to deduct uh, what the free bets that they're giving away. So those companies uh, gave away $43 million worth of free bets in the first two months of sports betting. And so all of the taxable revenue that they had, almost all of it disappeared. So they, because they, the state allowed them unlimited um, free bets to deduct from their taxable revenue. And not only that, not only are they unlimited, but they can if they if you give out more free bets than you have in revenue, you can carry it forward. Wow! Um, so that you so it's sort of like you know if you don't use all your cell phone minutes, you can carry it forward to the next month. So not only did the state cut the tax rate from twenty percent to ten percent, but it also gave the free bets. And then in addition to that, even once it it starts to collect revenues, eighty percent of it goes into a fund for stadium, uh, potentially for a future sports stadium in Kansas. And so it looks as if ultimately there's not going to be a great deal of money going to the general fund in Kansas. You write in here that the bill that Kansas lawmakers ultimately passed this year to make all of this possible amounted to what you called an outrageous giveaway. What was so outrageous about it, Eric? I mean, that that was that was the, the words uh, that we heard from a number of the lawmakers that were quite angry at what was happening, but they were you know in the minority. And and it, it just was is fascinating to see the extent to which um, the the gaming industry could call the shots. And I mean, originally in Kansas, it was going to be the state lottery that was going to run the sports betting operations and the casinos effectively were going to be cut out and the state lottery was going to contract with uh, certain companies that would handle the sports betting. And, and that was, you know, the, the, the casinos, which, you know, operate on state property in Kansas, were quite unhappy with that. And, and they, they used their clout to push the legislators to change that so that now the, the, sports, the, the, the sports betting apps are operated through the casinos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the gambling industry has argued that if you put your tax rate too high, you're, it's going to be a disincentive to people to place bets on your on the legal platforms and that they're going to stay with the offshore platforms where there is no taxes at all. Um, but one of the things we found in reporting this is we did an analysis of all the states that have adopted mobile betting in the United States so far. And in fact, some of the states with the highest tax rates, including New York and, and, and New Hampshire, um, have, which have 51% tax rates. So 51% of the net revenues goes to the state coffers. And New York State has made over $500 million in tax revenues just in the first six months hmm. uh, of, of the year. Uh, that that it, the super high tax rates have not discouraged people from betting on the state-sanctioned platforms. So that, are, that, that fear that the lobbyists put in the minds of the state legislators in Kansas, so far at least it, it's turning out not to be true. And so effectively it just shows that the, the lobbyists have have a bit too much clout and and they're able to you know dictate the terms of, of the legislation and if they don't like the terms then they can get the legislation you know held up for a number of years which happened initially in Kansas you know or blocked entirely in fact you described waves of lawmakers waves of lobbyists coming at lawmakers throughout the last legislative session as they worked on this bill what did you see in Topeka what was how many lobbyists were involved here? It was it was pretty incredible to observe, and I mean they're all very nice people. I got to know them, and and they're doing their jobs, and they do them quite well. 
Um, but you know, I in the in the in the couple of week periods that I, I was shuttling between Jefferson City and Topeka, because I was watching the same debate going on in Missouri, and just you know, with my rent a car driving back and forth between the capitals, <laughs> and in both of the capitals, it was in the rotundas. The lobbyists would just assembled, and right in between where the House and the Senate chambers are, and they would just you know they were just there all day waiting for the the you know and and the the, the number of sports betting lobbyists was really pretty overwhelming relative to just about any other issue that I observed in the time that I was there. And there are quite a number of issues in the final days of, of the legislative sessions in both states that were being debated, but nowhere near as many lobbyists as there were around sports betting. Wow. And a number of them were former legislators. They had personal friendships with the lawmakers. You know, one of them was a, a former roommate of the Senate sponsor of the um uh, of the, the the lobby the sports betting bill they they had frequently you know were having meals together they they knew them quite well they were friends with them and they respected each other and they listened to the lobbyists who gave them advice on 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 language and and at one point John Barker representative um, who was the house sponsor you know was condemning the bill saying that the, this bill had been entirely written by the lobbyists and then he went on to embrace the bill. Um, and become the, the chief sponsor of it. Mm. So, you know, the lobbyists are, are doing a job. They're hired to to influence, and uh, they wanted to see a low tax rate. They wanted to see the uh, the casinos uh, con- operating and then, uh, hi- you know, aligning with sports betting apps. Um, they wanted to have the promotional, the free bets deductible. Um, and, and you know, then they got those things. And they and then, then there was this, you know, towards the, the final weeks, they then wanted 80% of the tax revenues, whatever was collected, um, to go to uh, for professional sports. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, all of those things were, were put into the bill one after another. And then you had certain lawmakers like Paul Wagoner or our camp who were on the floor um, and expressing outrage at how essentially they felt the that the lobbyists had written this this bill hmm. and that this was a freight train that was essentially running that they couldn't stop and that, and that they were quite frustrated with. And they said so on the House on the House floor in particular. So bottom line in Kansas, then, Eric, is lawmakers walked away from tens of millions of dollars in potential tax revenue for the state. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the cut from the 20 percent tax to a 10 percent tax. It's hard to understand why that was done. I mean, the lobbyists argued again that that if you have too high of a tax rate, that right. it's going to encourage people to to bet on the offshore platforms. But but the data itself shows that that's not the case. Um, so it, it it's it it it's not a really good explanation as to why. Um, you know, again, I guess the concern is always, well, my neighbors may offer a lower tax rate. And, you know, it's interesting in Missouri where, you know, in Jefferson City and, and you know, you got your listeners are also from Missouri. The reason the bill went down in Missouri and I was there, you know, late at night when the night that, that the sports betting bill got killed um, is because of essentially a fratricide among the gambling industry lobbyists. And hmm. there was the video lottery terminals, the video terminal uh, play, industry, you know, representatives who were determined to get a provision inserted into the Missouri bill that would allow them to have at least 10,000 units, uh, additional units, legal units in the state of Missouri. And when they were unable to get that because the, the, the casinos were unwilling to give them that, they sabotaged, they got their, you know, some of their allies in the, in the, in the, in the legislature there to kill wow. the legislation. And I, and it was, it was very obvious. I mean, the, the, the lobbyists for the video lottery terminal industry was writing the filibuster amendments for the the state senator 
in in um in Missouri to 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 filibuster on the floor, and, wow. and he was there laughing at how they were sabotaging this bill because they didn't get their ten thousand units. So what I have seen in my experience with sports betting, and and this is true for quite a number of issues that that industries want to move in states, is that it's when the industries are aligned, when you have all, you know the, the professional sports teams, the casinos, the sports betting apps, the Native American tribes. When they basically come up with a plan on how to execute sports betting as they want it in the states, usually it happens because wow. they have enough clout to get it done. That's what happened in Kansas, and it didn't happen in Missouri this year because of because there was division. Eric, could Kansas change its law in the years to come, make it more beneficial to the state and less beneficial to the industry? I mean, yes, for without question. And the the lottery in a memo that it wrote. Uh, about the first two months of operation said it also may have powers to modify the um, free bet giveaways. Um, it may have administrative powers to do that. Uh, there could be a legislative change in Virginia and Colorado this year after much of their tax revenue was wiped out through these free bets and the and promotional deductions. Uh, they moved this year to to change the laws and to cap the amount that can be that can be essentially tax free um, you know, deductions um, by the casino, by the gambling uh, mm-hmm. companies. Um, and so the, you know, when I talked to John Barker about this and I told him he had, he lost his primary, so he's not coming back to the legislature. He was chairman of the federal and state committee in the house of representatives in Kansas. And I mentioned to him that there was, you know, a total of something like $40 million worth of these free bets given out um, on the, on the dime of the state. And therefore there was no taxes coming in for all that 43, 43 point, you know, $5 million in the first, just in the first two months, you know, he said he was unaware just how much right. of promotional deduction was going to hit the taxes. And so it sort of was a bit surprising to me that, that he, that the guy who was the co-sponsor of the bill wasn't kind of fully aware that, that, that this was likely to happen. That was KCUR's Steve Kraske and New York Times reporter Eric Lipton. You can hear their entire conversation from up to date at KCUR.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit KCUR.org. Tomorrow, we'll hear what goes into the holiday toy train displays at Union Station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive.